0: Welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. I am your host, Ryan Hanley. And I once again have forgot to turn the intro music off. That's okay. Uh, I am joined today. I, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited. Um, rapidly becoming one of my favorite agents in the marketplace, uh, Aaron Nutting from Integrity Insurance Services and Arizona Wedding Insurance. It is great to have you on the phone today.
1: Woot woot. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, and coming off a um, uh, big presentation at Innovate 2017, so you got to be excited about that.
1: It was it, it really was. It was new content for me, and I love new content, so it was really cool to share new stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, I wanted to have you on because as uh, everyone is is probably aware who listens to this show, uh, the Agency Nation crew, in particular, um, everyone's favorite, Sydney Rowe, is a huge fan of yours. And uh, you've contributed to our site a bunch of times. And now you're going to be a speaker at Elevate 2017. And um, we just couldn't be happier to have you.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm like flattered that Sydney is a fan of mine because I just think the world of her. I always laugh when I watch her videos and it's fun because what a lot of people don't know is behind the scenes I call her up all the time like what about this crazy idea for a blog what are your thoughts and she always she never like fizzles my my buzz she's always very like yes this would be great
0: yes <laughs> She is like a, a fire fanner and she, she never, I do the same thing. I'm like, what do you think about this? And then she'll just like take it to a whole nother level. So, so. Yeah, she's,
1: she's super great. I really, I really enjoy um, getting to know her. I can't, I cannot wait to though, officially like get to like touch her hand at, uh, <laughs> at the conference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I, I wanted to specifically, I want to talk about, um, just some of the things you are doing and in particular uh, so, uh, let me back up a little bit. One of the things that initially caught um, my eye about your work was the emphasis that you have on your brand, and and not just like, I think sometimes um, that that's very kind of cliche. All oh, you need a brand and that kind of stuff. But you really put. Um, a lot of thought into it, a lot of, and it's, and it's very high quality. And if anyone goes to either one of your uh, websites, um, either Arizona wedding insurance or uh, integrityinsure.com, I'll have, I'll have links in the show notes. This is episode 60. go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast, or just type them directly into Google. Um, It is immediately clear, at least to me. And, and, and I promise there's a question in here. Uh, It is immediately clear to me when I look at either one of those sites, and even their previous iterations, how serious you take your business, right? Like I look at them and I'm like, "Wow, she really gives a shit." I mean, look at look at what she's putting out into the world. Um, yeah,
1: you know, can maybe, we say shit? Is that okay? Yay, that that's okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll give every we'll give ourselves a pass for this episode. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about you know I, I think a lot of agents just. They say, ah, you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. Or, you know, yeah. it's not important. I'll just ask for another referral from somebody. But you have taken a lot of time to build out these individual brands and make them, you know, very, very high quality. I guess yes. why? Why? You
1: know, and it, it actually is it's kind of like a sad slash motivational um, reason. Um, but I came from State Farm and I was an Allstate agent for a while as well before coming over and deciding that I really just was tired of being loyal to a company and wanting to be loyal to my clients instead. So I went independent and one of my biggest fears, as I've, as I've said, anytime anyone's ever talked to me about branding, I always say like, this actually was born because my giant fear of not being able to stack up. So, um, I was so used to having like a cushion behind me because no matter what I did, no matter what I sold, it was almost like state farm or like that giant, like hands logo had my back. So how do you create like an empire without that? That was my biggest fear. So for me, that was my only thing that I needed to be concerned about right out the gate was to create a, um, a not just a brand, because for me, that word is like, you know, what does it really mean in the insurance world? But um, for me, a brand is all about the tone of your business. So whether it's um, whether it's like from your phone call experience in, from your website, from um, how you speak to me in person, as opposed to what you see about me online, everything had to be consistent and perception is everything. So I really just wanted, I really wanted people to look at me and be like, this chick really does have her shit together and she needs to, I need to be able to display that on all of my platforms. So that way I had a chance at competing against the big guys.
0: I love that you said perception is everything because it's one of the issues that I bump up against all the time and I I don't always know the best way to get through to agents about this though. And and I'll tell you where it comes up the most, and and I'd love your feedback on this: is the idea that um, insurance is a commodity, right? And my position has always been, even when I was an agent, is that insurance is a commodity. It's the human beings. It's the it's the Mm -hmm. agents. It's the it's the receptionist. It's the 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 customer service people. It's it's the accountants. It's how the agency operates that makes it not a commodity, but. We, you know, too many agents step back and they, they pound their fists on the table because from their perspective, it's not a commodity and they don't come around the table and look at it from the consumer's perspective. And, you know, is that, you know, where do you fall on that? Am I looking at it from the right way or what do you think? You know,
1: um, it's so hard and I, I'm going to answer your question in like a roundabout way, I think, cause I do that sometimes. I'm like tangent queen over here. Tangents
0: um, are completely okay on this show. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm, I am going to crown myself the queen of tangents. Um, I think, um, I think a lot of it for me is insurance is very, oh, forgive me, but I'm, I'm a large uh, female in the space. So I'm going to say it. Okay. Insurance is very like pale and male. And we live, we live in a society that tells us like, we have to have things. And of course, insurance being one of them. But when do we ever have someone who wants to work with a certain agent per se, just because they genuinely feel like they can sleep better at night if something happens. And it's for me all about that customer experience. And it's all about the availability and the adaptiveness in my business in order to actually accommodate those, um, not just customers because I love customers, but really what I target is millennials in my business but what I go after even more hardcore is my strategic platforms because I don't, customers are great, but how many people are they genuinely going to be able to refer you? Um, you want the people to work with that are going to send you clients on it, like in the truckloads with like, you know, they're going to come in and dump them off at your door. And there you go. Like you have, you know, 30 clients as opposed to somebody's neighbor or, you know, somebody's neighbor across the street, et cetera. Did that answer your question or did I tangent it really too far?
0: No, I think you're right <laughs> on it. You used a word that I'm I'm interested in having you dive into a little bit more. You said okay. adaptability. How do you make your business adaptable?
1: Well, this is this is funny because that is truly I you know that movie, uh, Ricky Bobby, right? He's yeah. like, if you, if you ate first, you're last, that kind of thing, right? That's basically how I take my business model. <laughs> um, adaptiveness in our business, if you're not adapting, you you will no longer be able to play in the arena that we're in because customers are different now. You have your millennials that are coming up who want to do things right now. And I am one, so I, I can relate to how uh, we sell to. And we're very hard um, as far as to sell to us. We think we're educated, even sometimes when we're not. Um, we think that Google is the answer for everything. And truthfully, our, um, exposure to people is just so much less than I'm sure it was in prior generations. So for me being adaptive is learning how to blog, even though I was terrified, uh, learning how to incorporate video into my business, even though it just kind of didn't make sense to me always. Um, and staying ahead, staying ahead of everyone else. And not so much because I'm like, Ooh, look at me. I'm doing fancy things, but more along the lines of to help other agents see like, Oh, well, this has worked for me. Try it and see if it's worked for you. And really just to help other agents, but also to separate myself in the very saturated market of independent insurance agents in my community.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting. Um, I was asked the other day to define the difference between customer experience and customer service, and mm. I, w- I want to see. Um, I'll, I'll give you what I how I responded to this question, and then I'm, I'm very interested in in your opinion. Yeah, uh, what I said was customer service <clears throat> is is uh, serving customers from your perspective. Customer experience is serving customers from their perspective, mm-hmm. you know, what, how would you, you don't have to necessarily define it, but, you know, when I ask you that question, the difference between customer service, which I think is a crutch and customer experience, which I think is the only way to, to, to truly decommoditize yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, where do you fall? How do you, how do you explain that?
1: You know, I'm... I- for me, I had to learn, and I'm still learning very much so. I mean, I'm a baby agency owner. I've been an agent for 12 years, but I mean, I've had integrity for three. So I mean, I'm still like just a little guy in this in this grand uh, business. But I will say this because this is a giant lesson I learned that I never want another agency owner to have to learn in that if you do business in the burn and churn model which is what I've done for years um where I've gotten so many referrals on a daily basis that I'm literally just drowning this is a terrible problem but a great problem I'm drowning in new business so much so that I turned into a customer service person so I'm more reactive instead of proactive and it took me doing some major um like soul searching having some of my you know friends in the insurance industry kick my ass a little and be like hey you know Are you like, where's your retention at? What are you doing to hold on to X, Y, and Z? So I might be, you know, awesome at getting all these new business and cultivating relationships and referrals. I mean, I, the amount of referrals I get on a daily basis is just dumb. You wouldn't even believe me if I told you, but what's happening is, is I'm so caught up in the hustle and the burn and churn model that I'm losing people because I'm not providing them with the experience that they need. They're breaking up with me because they don't know me. So When I'm servicing, I'm gonna use what your definition is because truthfully, I can't compete with that. That is so, it's very spot on. Um, I'm servicing in the, oh yeah, no problem. Let me get someone to send those ID cards for you. Or yeah, let me, you know, here, contact me this way, contact me that way. Instead of actually now, what I'm trying to pride myself on doing is, how do you want me to service you? Tell me, like, do you prefer text? Do you prefer Facebook? Do you prefer, um, we've integrated a few new features on our website. So that way people can get us 24 hours a day. Um, it was a very, very hard lesson of not having the retention that truthfully I deserve to have after working, you know, you work 80 hours a week and you're like, this is crazy. What is, what is happening here? So for me, I had to learn that, um, it's not just about your customers that feel the effects of the difference between service and experience. It's truthfully about you as an agent who just doesn't deserve to have anything less than the best customer experience. You just, you work too damn hard
0: to have stuff flying out. So what you just described sounds like a lot of work. How do you handle burnout?
1: Oh God, I think you know me well enough by now, even just talking in my blogs and I don't do well with balance. Um, I hate the word, but um, it it really is just the best way to relate to a lot of people. Um, I am a burnout recovery recovering addict <laughs> I am um, the burnout is severe in a level of you know I'm a mom of four I have um, the businesses of course so I have integrity in Arizona wedding insurance I try to be up on social media I'm really active I try to make sure my strategic partners are taken care of but what was what was happening for me is that I'm setting my level of expectations so high that it almost became unattainable so for me, my level of uh, burnout was so bad that I actually was like anti-productive. I'm sure you've had one of those, right? Like yeah. where you're like, Oh, I just want to sleep for a week. That was how bad my burnouts would become. But now when I'm learning and getting rid of that burn and churn model, getting into the customer experience, really getting to know um, what they want, what they need and what I need, my burnouts are a little less now. Um, so how I handle them is um, I do this thing. It's It's you've, you've talked about it before, but it's, it's like a focus boost kind of thing where like you really allow yourself certain segments of time during the day to do certain things. So, um, I only service between eight and 10 AM every day. I don't service all day long, unless of course it's an emergency or like, there's something that's, you know, obviously I have some, I have some lack in there. Um, but if someone needs like a vehicle change, if someone needs, you know, paperwork sent out or, Hey, my mortgage company, doesn't get this right, whatever. I only do that between eight and 10 because I suck at service. Let's just be honest. I am not the chick to call for service tips. So I'm great at being creative. So I try to keep the rest of my day to allow me to be in my space. And the reason I was having so many burnouts is because I didn't acknowledge the fact that I actually was killing myself because I was doing so much of what I didn't like.
0: Yeah. It's really tough to be. It is a very tough lesson to learn. I've, 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 we had similar things in different ways, uh, a couple different times, and you really—it really comes down to understanding what, how. If you're doing work you enjoy, then you never burn out, right? You just right. it like powers you, or you, you far less often. It, it just it, it almost fuels you as you're working, and um, and it's. It's trying to find ways to delegate the things that you know are just going to suck the energy out of you. I. It's incredibly difficult to do. It's so easy to verbalize when you're on a podcast. Incredibly difficult to do in the moment. There's no doubt about it.
1: Absolutely. And I, I find that a lot of times, a lot of agents, um, speaking of you know, the conference we went to previously, um, but – you're at this conference and everyone's like, this is, you know, this is what I'm doing. That's positive. This is what I'm doing. That's great. And one agent there, um, you're, I know you're familiar with Brandon Smith. He was very honest in that, you know, not everything is as amazing as it looks from the outside. Do we write awesome blogs? Yes. I'm very proud of what I'm able to put out, but those are from real experiences. And I think a lot of people forget that, the blog is awesome. And the, you know, the mind frame behind, like, let's push forward as females in the insurance business is really awesome. But what a lot of people forget is that I had to live a lot of these experiences in order to actually be able to share them. And that that can be difficult.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I talked to, um, I talked to a lot of people about uh, what they see on social media and what, what, reality is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there have been different times in my own career where I actually, I wrote a post on medium about this and the title was, you know, there's something like uh, read this blog post before yes. your wife divorces you or something. That was I can't,
1: I, <laughs> one of my most, and I've, I've been honest with you and letting you know this previously, cause I've actually gone looking for it a few times to share it with other people that I've spoken to. Um, it, it was a huge article for me because when I read it, I could it was like I it was literally like you di- you dove in and you wrote it for me, especially when you uh, you posted you posted the meme of Leonardo DiCap- DiCaprio going with the crazies with the ones. Yeah. And how the hustle is sexy. The hustle is so sexy. Everyone wants to look at the hustle, but what they don't realize is that the hustle is also really, really, really hard.
0: yeah. And everything's a trade-off, right? So if you want to live the "quote-unquote" hustle life, that say, uh, you know, if, you, if people know this name, Gary Vaynerchuk has has kind of glamorized so much, um, yeah. you can't work eighteen hours a day and be a family person. Yeah. You can't eight, work eighteen hours a day and have friends outside of the operations of that work. Yeah. And I think it's. The, the hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind kind of mentality is, is just like you said. It's cool and there's you can take Snapchats and you can do Instagram and it's amazing. But understand that the other side of that is you're giving something up. And I think a lot – and it goes for everything. It's not just that life. It's if you want to be that super salesperson who writes X amount of business every month, well, that's great. You can go do that. But understand that you're also going to be giving away – other pieces of it. And if you haven't Mm -hmm. set ways up to, to have other people handle your customer experience and just like you said, you're burning both ends of the candle and you're, and you're really killing yourself. It's, it's such a difficult thing to do. Um,
1: I, I agree. And that's my biggest, you know, I have a lot of, um, female agents just, just because of the demographic that I speak to and in, um, I have a lot of female agents who ask me all the time, you know, what, Why? I I just, when I grow up, I want to be like you. And I'm like, God, you know, please don't say that because I am crazy. I, there are times where I am like, I don't know how I make it. And they ask you all the time, like, how are you doing it? And the reality and the truth of it is, is I'm not, um, I live every day just like everybody else. You know, I get, I run an insurance agency. I just so happen to like being adaptive because I'm bored. I get bored if I'm standing still. So I try to make all these things to, um, allow my creative juices to flow throughout. And it's just, yeah, I would, that's the one thing I would encourage any new insurance agent, specifically, um, female insurance agents is until you take a step back and realize that like, whatever your hustle means, whether it's, you're going to work that 18 hours a day or whether right now in my life, I'm trying to um, differentiate between the two is my hustle is trying to be the best that I can every day in my agency and know that it's okay. That if I didn't answer every single email, no one's going to die. Everyone's fine. No one's going to die. And trying to balance between that and my family life and really just, you know, I sacrificed a lot of myself in, um, the last couple of years of my life in living that, you know, 18 hour hustle day that I'm just trying to kind of find a little bit of that again.
0: Yeah. The other thing that, um, that, that has worked for me in this is, uh, uh, telling myself that it is okay to work eight hours, right? It's, oh, if I give, if I give four, cause, cause even in eight hours, I mean, the thing is when you work 18 hours a day, which, which i you know, I know you've done and I've done, we I mean, put in these days and yeah, we and don't even to talk about that. Right? Ugly. That's, that's an ugly coffee day. That's ugly. <laughs> but also the other thing is out of that entire day, only three hours are going to be your best work. So yeah, you worked for all that time, but it's not like you can produce your best work. So what I kind of came to the, I kind of wrapped my brain around is when I do my best work, that is what ultimately has an impact. One more tweet, one more, you know, responded email, one more, you know, whatever, um you know graph in a in a presentation is is all well and good but it's not going to be my best work i i have a block i know this of about 3 hours a day that if i i can zone up and do my highest quality work that i can do the other 4 to 5 hours a day that i work is going to be getting stuff done moving things forward but i'm i've like said, it's okay that that's not my best work. And to be honest with you, it's allowed me to then recharge at night with my kids and stuff like that, and then come back and just make sure that I get that three great hours or four great hours of work every day. And if it were only those four hours, then it would be a productive day. That's a, it's, it's helped me. I don't know if it would help everybody. I think some people still count, count hands on the clock as production, but for Mm -hmm. me, it's did I do three to four hours of my best work today? If the answer to that is yes, and those are the only four hours I worked for some reason, that's still a victory, I think.
1: Absolutely, that's when somebody said this. I can't remember where it was, but they said, "Just say deuces on your day and just get." <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I want to say that every day. Um, and, and there's, you know, like you said, there's those days where you're, you really do need to put in the work because your agency it would it would be. I said this in an article actually for Agency Nation. It would be damn near neglect. If you actually left in that moment, and that is okay, um, but I'm starting to learn too. I'm not a master. I need to learn from some of our um, seasoned agents that have been around the blocks for a little while um, to kind of just see how their experiences work into
0: mine. And you know where you're going to meet a lot of those incredibly <gasps> smart, <me>. seasoned agents <laughs> that elevate 2017 <laughs> this June in Milwaukee. Um, so. Get your tickets at agencynation.com forward slash elevate 17 today. Uh, so I have, I have one more uh, question that I want to ask you. Yes. Um, why does the insurance industry struggle with millennials? What oh, this is, is this, this, this is hang loaded. up?
1: This is loaded. This is a loaded question. Um, Two, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this as like focused, no, like straight line as possible. I feel like a lot of times what has happened, and this has a couple of different facets, but one, millennials speak very well to niche marketing. And I'm going to talk a lot about that at the conference. So, you know, that just a little like teaser to what I'm going to talk about. But, um, a lot of times what, um, even millennials have a hard time selling to millennials because they think that they know what they want. Um, but, why I feel like the insurance industry has lacked for so long is truthfully not even for a reason that is happening today. It's because of things that have happened leading up to it. So for example, um, a, a good friend of both yours and mine, Chris Langel at Advisor Evolved, he made a comment on one of his, um, I think it was like a webinar or something, but he was playing a game with his son and in the game, Flo from Progressive pops up and is like giving him lives to continue to move forward. And if you think about that, like it's kind of probably annoying at the time because you're like, oh my God, get out of the way. I just want to move forward with my game. But I think why we struggle is because previously it actually wasn't set up for millennials to receive insurance information as a positive thing. Like we look at it as, oh, I have to have insurance for my mortgage. I have to have insurance to drive this car off the lot. Whereas our kids who are learning now about like the excitement and the branding and the, you know, flows of the insurance world. They're being taught that insurance can be fun, user-friendly, and adaptive. So I really don't even think it's a matter of, of not really knowing how to sell now. I just feel like our generation is predisposed to already having a negative connotation of insurance. So it's almost like you have to try harder. So you now have to undo all this crap that we think negatively about insurance by creating awesome, advanced tech stuff. So um intuitive things, um, twenty four hour service. Millennials like quote unquote the hustle life, you know. They they want to be talked to like they know what they're talking about. So it's almost like we have to just kind of inadvertently get rid of all of this baggage of negativity with insurance. So you just have to you just have to try harder, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think I think the millennial generation um, because of the bombardment of advertising and all the everything you just described, they're just more discriminating in who they choose. Like they've had the back button their entire life, so the moment they feel like it's not a good connection, they just hit the back button, whether that's figuratively or, or literally. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a, I think that's a tough thing for a lot of agents to wrap their brain around because for so long, we were really the only option, and um, and we're just not anymore. We're just well, not um, the only option.
1: No, and and I think a lot of times too is keep in mind where are millennials um, in their lives right now? You know, they're getting married, they're having babies, they're um, they're starting probably their own businesses or they're, you know, moving up in a company. So a lot of that insurance marketing is actually not speaking to where they're at in their lives. And that's part of the reason why Arizona Wedding Insurance has been so successful is because we're literally just telling them, hey, we know you're getting married, so let's make your life easier. Whereas if I tried to sell, you know, God, there's so many, but like pet insurance, for example, like you're not going to, this is, this is just an easy one. You're not going to go to like a courthouse and stand out front and try to sell pet insurance. No, you're going to try to infuse yourself in a veterinary clinic. You're going to try to infuse yourself in, um, like runs that are friendly for dogs and you know, things like that. So same thing with, if you can find a niche like Arizona wedding insurance to where your speaking to the generation in which you're trying to sell, you would have a huge advantage over your competition.
0: Guys, you have to come to Elevate 2017. Erin is going to be there talking all about niche marketing. The title of her presentation is Creating an Empire by Using a Niche Market. She knows how to do it. Better than anybody that I know out there right now. Um, you know, removing the kind of cliche word of branding, just just voice and integrating your business and and the fact that she is literally doing it every single day and improving every single day and can give you the tactics and the ideas and the concepts uh, that are working right now for her. In addition to just passion and energy and all the other things that you get out of her as speaker, as you can obviously hear through the microphone today. Um, Go to agencynation.com, elevate 17, and get your ticket today. I don't want this to sell out before you get there. I want you to see Erin live. You don't want to miss her.
1: No, you have to be there because it is. have to. it's an exciting time anyways, and I'm a total fan insurance geek myself, so I have a ton of people that I'm excited to see. Um, but with that being said, I love, love, love um, getting to interact with fellow agents, and I love being caffeinated. So the one thing I can promise is you'll get a lot of caffeination from me from our from our uh, presentation that we have about niche marketing.
0: And coffee will be available as well all day. So if you need to supplement, it's there as well. So Aaron, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Um, I was looking forward to having a chance to chat. Uh, Where can people learn a little bit more about you um, and what you're doing?
1: Um, well, I have a, a few avenues. Um, I have all of my blogs, um, integrityinsure.com is my website. You can of course, reach me there directly through some of our live features that we have. Um, if you're more interested in the personal side, um, of myself and my business, um, my other blog is integrityinheels.com And that one's just a kind of a lot of fun, but of course you can always find me on Twitter at, um, at Aaron underscore nutting. And then of course, um, on Instagram also Aaron underscore nutting. I'll be there.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Guys, you can get all the links that we talked about at agencynation.com forward slash podcast. See you later.